0: This podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and spoilers. Now, I don't want you to pick your favorite Spooko co-host, and there's a number of reasons for that. One of them is, you know, favorites, it's dumb. You know, we don't need to play favourites. Who needs to do that? Uh, And what is achieved by having a favourite? Well, nothing, so who cares? Um, There's another colder reason that I don't want to play favourites is that most people's favourite co-host, I think, is Shag. And the slightly sad news, but exciting news for Shag, um, is that this week we do not have Shag's company. He's off doing very good and exciting things overseas, uh, and I say where he should be, overseas where he should occasionally be, of course, before coming home to us uh, here in Australia. So Shag, we love you. Uh, We send out our hugs. We send out our love hearts. We send out our greetings. All right. Now that Shag's out of the picture and we've done our Shag admin or Shagmin, Uh, It's just, you know, when the shag's away, the peach will play. So you and I are going to have a little bit of fun today. Now, um, the best way to have fun, of course, is to make use of social media when you should be uh, doing some self-care. So I did that today, and I used our Instagram page. Uh, And if you're not following Spooko on Instagram, um, you know, come on. uh, That's fine, I guess. Follow whoever you want. But... You know, if you've got a bit of space in your, uh, space in your heart, space in your Instagram uh, follow list, do chuck Spooko on there. And so we had some options. So we turned it into a poll. And the choices we had were, what is Peach going to do a solo joint off on Spooko? And one of the options was a commentary on a YouTube kill count video. Another option was a peach alone Wikipedia synopsis. You're all familiar with the format of this show. Um, Shag will read to me a synopsis of a film and I will get spooked out working through it. Look, you you know, it happens, that's fine. And so what would it be like if I did it by myself? Um, Another option was just a bit of a boozy beer chat with a Resha's anecdote. Uh, And each of those options got a number of votes. The number wasn't huge because you're not following us on Instagram yet so uh, my ego took a bit of a dent there so head on to Instagram fix my dented ego and that will be good Uh, so what I've decided we're going to do today for this episode is we're going to do peach doing a peach alone Wikipedia plot synopsis we're going to get into it shortly but first I feel like I should tell you that Resha's anecdote right Um, my socials have been filled with the opening of a pub called the Reshes House, and it is about 150 meters away from where I work, and so that's a very dangerously close uh, distance. And it's actually a renovated older pub, and I, I quite liked the older pub, but hadn't been there for a long time. And uh, the fact that this was being renovated by someone switched on who liked a Resh's led me to say, well, okay, let's go and visit it then. And so the other day I did. And um, a lot of the social presence, it's got a fabulous social presence, Resh's House or the Resh's House or whatever it's called. And so a lot of it was, hey, here's a big long bar and all the taps are Resh's or, hey, members of the Resh's Appreciation Society, bring in your badge and woo, 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 Let's, let's go get it rolling here. And I was like, okay, let's go. Like, let's go and do this. And so a couple of weeks ago at the time you're listening to this and probably about a week ago at the time I'm recording this, I decided to wander in and I wandered in with a very good friend from work, wandered up to the bar and the bar had one resh's tap and a variety of other beers. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's not quite uh, what I was expecting. And it turned out that I'd been a tiny bit mini catfished, gently catfished because I think I had failed to understand that the bar with all the Reshes taps was actually at a different pub. But I, you know, I'm not quite willing to back down on, um, <laughs> on my confusion just yet. But in any case, I showed up and we had the full range of beers. And I said, oh, well, you know, I'll have a Reshes, a schooner of rushes," as did my good friend there with me. And I was firstly disarmed by them being poured not especially well. So old white male beer snobs in Australia will have views about how beers are poured from taps. I am one of those old white male beer snobs and I worked in pubs for a number of years and I've got views about pouring beers and none of these views really was reflected in the way the beer was poured. And that's fine. You go, okay, there's a message there, which is that the person pouring this beer doesn't super care that much about the end experience. And that's always just a slightly jarring uh, message to receive. But in any case, message received and beer received. And so my friend and I went, sat down, enjoyed our schooners, Uh, and said, well, we've done that now and then went off to go get a bowl of noodles and then go back to work. And so that's really the extent of the mildly diverting Resh's story. And I think there's sort of something in there of a moral of, you know, this podcast, I've been shouting out Resh's on it for three and a half years now. I will continue to. Great beer. Uh, I stand behind that and will always. And then finally there was a place that was committed to Resh's. Wow, what would it be like to go there? And the answer is... Yeah, fine. (laughs) I went there, uh, had a Resha's there, it was fine, uh, and then left and went somewhere else. And there's something, I think, some sort of message that I can't quite fully decode there, but whatever the undecoded message is, uh, I've heard it or I'm attempting to hear it loud and clear. And here we find ourselves in a world with Resha's house and in a world with the film we're gonna have a look at today. One of the first questions I asked myself when it was going to be a Peach solo joint of Peach hosting the episode of Spooko for this week, I thought, well, uh, how on earth am I going to choose a film? And so I had to think about some of the genres, and I did a Google search of the genre, and I decided to go for the first entry on it that I didn't immediately recognize, because I thought that'd be a good way to avoid treading on Shag's toes, because it's Shag who chooses the films we do week in, week out. And what I went ahead and searched for was, well, sorry, first I reflected on the sort of genres that we underappreciated. And the two that sprung to mind were old-fashioned schlocky, you do the mash, you do the monster mash, sort of universal monsters B-grade there's Abbott and Costello running away from mummies or whatever sort of nonsense. Um, and, uh, yeah, black and white, boring, old-fashioned films. And we have not done a lot of those, and I think that's because uh, I am very limited in my taste and not excited about them and because... With the greatest of respect, I'm not sure Shag's super excited about going and doing a black and white film. And so we just haven't. And so 40s, 50s, 60s joint is sort of one of the genres I had in mind. And the other genre I had in mind was traps. We've done what The Collector, we've done, I think we've only done one or we might have done a sequel as well. And I was like, right, I'm going to Google trapped or horror films and we're going to have a look at it and I'm going to take the first entry that hits us on IMDb and the film today. In fact, why don't I start with the synopsis from IMDb? Strap yourself in for a pretty scary Sanduque film. Eight candidates for a highly desirable corporate job are locked together in an exam room And given a final test with just one seemingly simple question. However, it doesn't take long for confusion to ensue and tensions to unravel. Fuck man, I hate it when tensions unravel. Today's film is called Exam. Many highly qualified candidates have tried to reach this point and failed. You have succeeded. And now the final stage lies before you. If you try to communicate with myself or the guard, you will be disqualified. If you spoil your paper intentionally or accidentally, you will be disqualified. If you choose to leave this room for any reason, you will be disqualified. Begin. It's not about what he said. That's what he didn't say? He didn't say. We can't speak to each other. It's not about the answer, it's about the question. What is the question? We've got 74 minutes left to figure that out. This is no ordinary selection process. We have to work together, we have to cooperate. Why should I help you to beat me? Perhaps we're not meant to cooperate at all. Get off me! Lying is not against the rules, is it? He's an enemy of the... No! You never had cause to trust each other in the first place. Bastards! Ah! Please! Ah! Do it! Looks shit, let's talk about it. first, I've got to find the Wikipedia page, and I'm a little bit scared because it's being described as a psychological thriller now, so it could be oh my God, and the synopsis is it's eight paragraphs long now, the budget for this film six hundred grand two thousand nine so six hundred thousand u s dollars. In pounds, 2009 pounds, What that's probably 400,000 pounds, something like that, the box office takings were 394,000. So we didn't make back our budget, which is disappointing. Um, we have our direction by Stuart Hazeldeen, and Stuart Hazeldeen and Simon Garrity wrote it together. But I'm not going to read through that because I'm going to spend almost the next forever of my life uh, reading through this Wikipedia page. So strap yourself in for... You know, what must be an anti climax? And sorry to just linger on um, a really wise point Shag made about find, found footage films. Remember how Shag had that line of the thing about found footage films is you need to stick the landing. If you're going to sit there looking at security footage and shit quality CCTV for 90 minutes, you need to, at the end of it, give someone a reason. And I'm just gonna throw it out there now that this film being like, what is the question? What is the question? Oh, it's so intense. I just suspect that's going to be a profound disappointment, disappointment and anticlimax. So, you know, if that's what happens and it's a disappointment and anticlimax, then you know, your pessimist buddy Peach fucking does it again. Let's go. So we're eight candidates. They dress, and I don't know if this is just artful drafting, eight candidates dress for an employment assessment exam at the company Dataprev. Oh, sorry, they're trying to describe the film. Presumably the film has them getting ready. The group, okay, the group, this is presumably the group of candidates, enters a room and sits, God, oh, fuck the grammar. The group enters a room and sits at individual desks. Surely that should read, the group enter a room... The group enters. The group enters a room and each sit at an individual desk. I, I suppose is how that should read. Anyway, each desk has a paper printed with the word candidate. So I think that's to read. Each desk has a piece of paper with the word candidate printed on it. Yes, I, I should probably say, and the number from one to eight. The invigilator explains that they have eighty minutes. To answer one question, what is an invigilator? It's hyperlinked. Let's just find out together. An exam invigilator, exam proctor, or exam supervisor. Okay, it's someone who looks after an exam. Yeah, okay. So the invigilator explains i have got 80 minutes to answer one question, but there are three rules. The candidates must not spoil their paper, leave the room, or talk to him or the armed guard at the door. If they do, they will be Disqualified. The invigilator asks them if they have any questions and then leaves. Didn't the invigilator just say, don't talk to me? Isn't that one of the rules? So then to ask for questions strikes me as a bit of a goofy thing to suggest. But anyway, let's get into it. As the exam starts, it turns out that the papers are otherwise blank. So presumably all they say is candidate one and that's it. Within minutes, an Asian candidate, why do we have to identify them? That way, in any case, an Asian candidate is disqualified for spoiling her paper by writing on it. The seven remaining candidates realise it is permissible to talk to each other and collaborate. One candidate, white, assigns nicknames to each candidate based on their hair colour and skin colour. Oh, fuck, this is a little bit uncool. So the candidates are then called white, black, brown, blonde, brunette, dark and deaf. Oh, I don't think that's cool anyway. In the hour that follows, and it doesn't say so here, but I suspect this is one of those films that is it called Real Time that sits there and it's like, hey, you're watching an 85-minute film and the events of the film take place over 85 minutes. So I suspect it's one of those. And so in the hour that follows, the candidates use lights, bodily fluids, ooh la la, and fire sprinklers. In attempts to reveal hidden text on their papers to no avail, surely that spoils the paper and breaches one of the rules. but anyway, they speculate that the exam's purpose and the nature of the com- they speculate on the exam's purpose and the nature of the company. Dark claims the CEO is highly secretive and has not been seen since the IPO. It's gradually revealed the company's responsible for a miracle drug designed to treat a condition afflicting a large part of the population. Due to a viral pandemic. In the chaos, that's a great Wikipedia (laughs) sentence. Where is the chaos? In the chaos, White takes control of the group and engineers the disqualifications of brunette and deaf for spoiled papers. Okay, who would believe that White would be the bad guy? White also begins taunting the others, saying he's figured out the question but will not tell them. In response, Black knocks White unconscious and ties him to a chair. As White passes out, he pleads for his medication, implying he has the virus. Brown turns his attention to Dark, who demonstrates knowledge of the company's internal workings and tortures her into revealing that she works for the company. It is revealed that Black is a carrier of the disease. White goes into convulsions, proving that he has the disease. Dark pleads to the invigilator for help and is disqualified. Look, I'm trying to make this sound tense, but it does sound super dumb. In any case, this podcast does rob a film of all of its filmic qualities, so perhaps it is merely poor Wikipedia drafting, which I, I think we sort of highlighted earlier, but Jiminy jumping bees. Anyway, let's see. Blonde retrieves White's medication, which was stolen from him earlier by Brown, and uses it to revive him. That is how medication works, as I understand. But in any case, the others release White and demand to know the question. White suggests there is no question and the company will simply hire the last remaining candidate. Black steals the guard's gun, but it requires the guard's fingerprint to fire, giving White time to retrieve it. By forcing the guard's hand into the trigger, White coerces Brown to leave the room, disqualifying him. As Blonde also exits, she turns off the voice-activated lights, allowing Black to attack White. The lights come back on after Black is hit by a gunshot. Blonde hides in the hallway, still holding one foot inside the r- still holding one foot inside the room. Aha, uh-huh, she hasn't left. Before White can kill her, the exam timer runs to zero. White addresses the invigilator, sure of a success, but is disqualified. It is revealed that Deaf had earlier removed a few minutes from the countdown clock. What? Oh, that sucks. Okay, so the countdown clock is inaccurate because Deaf meddled with it. Okay. Blonde remembers that deaf had been using glasses and a piece of broken glass with an exam paper earlier. Taking the abandoned glasses, she finds the phrase Question 1 on the exam paper in minuscule writing. Blonde realises that Question 1 refers to the only question asked of the group by the invigilator at the beginning of the test. Any questions? Blonde answers, no. The invigilator enters and reveals that Deaf is the CEO of the company, Kaboom. He found the virus cure, but also discovered a method of rapid cell regeneration capable of providing the gift of life. The bullet that hit Black contained this cure, reviving him. With high demand for the drug and limited supply, the company needed an administrator capable of making tough decisions with attention to detail while showing compassion. All traits that Blonde showed during the exam. Blonde accepts the job. Boo Boo. boo. No boo, that sucked. Uh, that was a bit like a visit to Resh's house, wasn't it? There's nice juicy setup. There's a reasonable aesthetic. There's a thought of some profound experience following us through. Any questions? Uh, this was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Resh What's up?